It really is an honor for me to be with you this morning. Um, Normally I'm sitting right back there or traveling all over the United States these last few uh, months, but this last two months has been really good to be with you. And this morning even more, uh, what a revival in my own heart this morning through song, and thank you for sharing to give it um, some anthems that we sang this morning uh, that we can hold on to. And so it's, uh, it's been really a good year for us to be back with you at Salem. Uh, you don't want to miss out on some of the things that we've gone through as a family here at Salem, and that's what I felt like this year, that God placed us back here to be with you, my brothers and sisters. And uh, it is a joy for us to come to Salem. Um, we miss you, like you don't understand. Um, sometimes it's really hard being away. Uh, sometimes it's a joy uh, to be serving for you overseas. And uh, we really count a blessing to be here with you this morning. Um, I'm excited to be sharing at a, at a church, too. Normally in Africa, uh, we're sitting on the ground. Actually, let's just do that. Let's go. Let's, let's just sit on the ground and make me feel a lot better. Um, normally, there's also like food cooking uh, while I'm speaking or while I'm sharing. There's also, Nate, could you go get your goats? Normally, there's goats going through while I'm speaking, too. That would be the best thing that could happen right now. It would make me feel a lot at ease, a lot more at ease, for sure. But that's just normal Sunday for us. Uh, we are usually congregating with about 10 people uh, that are those first-generation faith followers uh, that don't, they don't know anything about Scripture, and it's a joy for us to be able to share with them about that. You're not like that at all, and so it's really hard for me uh, to be speaking to the choir this morning, um, and especially because my granddad's here. Uh, my dad's probably watching. He didn't tell me, but he's probably watching on, on the camera over in Togo right now. And uh, it's just a real joy for me to be able to speak, but it's also a challenge. I was thinking about it this morning. It's like uh, those guys that are going to play in the Super Bowl. I don't even know the two teams that are playing. That's a good missionary right there. doesn't know anything about sports. <laughs> um, but, you know, those guys that are going to play in the Super Bowl. They're going. They're intimidated in a way, but they're going with confidence. And so when Kivit asked me to, to share at uh, homecoming, I, I, I was feeling a lot like that. I was, I was like... In, Back in my mind, I was like, you don't have anybody else to share on homecoming Sunday? I mean, come on, let's ask at least, let's ask J.D. Greer or let's, let's ask somebody else. But it really was a privilege when you asked me, and I counted it a challenge uh, for sure for my own heart and my own life. And so it's good to be with you, Salem. And we do love you, and uh, we cherish you deeply. And so I am deeply honored to be sharing with you. Um, 111 years and uh, it's pretty amazing to me. Thinking this week, we had, um, I think, Ruth Deck, right? She had a 100-year birthday. Did any of you write cards? I hope you did um, to write a card to her. But it's amazing to think of the legacy and the life that Salem has lived uh, on this block for 111 years. Um, I don't know if you went with me yesterday. There was a million people over to the stadium uh, for the opening of the new Business 40. But I was thinking of, man, the, the potential we have Um, in this city of reaching the lost for Christ. And what a huge potential we have in the triad and and for us, the other side of the world, on behalf of Salem. But I remember uh, the brochure from Piedmont. I went to Piedmont uh, back in the the days of Piedmont Baptist College, now uh, Piedmont International University. But in 2004 and 2005, we traveled on the drama team and with the corral and all these things. I remember on the brochure, the phrase that it said that the sun never sets on the influence of Piedmont, right? You know, you know that phrase. You've probably heard it before. They changed it all up. They made it sound way more beautiful now than even that. But I think of that for Salem, too. 
I mean, the influence that Salem has, not only in my own life, and I was also impacted by Marywood. Uh, in 2000, when I went to Marywood, the Lord called me into full-time Christian service at Marywood Christian Camp. So, for Marywood, uh, really an imp- impact around the world and such a powerful influence that we have. And it's a great responsibility. And that's how we should feel this morning coming in to this. But I'm also um, thinking about our challenge that we have today. And as Kivit shared already this morning, the challenge to look forward to the future. And uh, for me, I always look at the future. I, I'm so optimistic. It's almost crazy how optimistic I am. Sometimes it drives faith crazy. Um, I don't know who else it drives crazy. Probably a lot of you too. Uh, but I am such an optimistic. I'm always looking forward to the future to see what God does and to see what he is doing in the future. And so my vision and my challenge this morning is to think with us together about the future of Salem and our impact in the community. But we are challenged as we're going to be faced in the next few weeks, maybe with some uh, difficult challenges here at Salem. But we're going to be able to do it together. And I'm so excited about you, my brothers and sisters in Christ, and the joy it has been to get to know you better. Um, I know sometimes you feel weird when I come up to you and say, sorry, I don't know who you are, because I'm a member of Salem for 20 years, and I should know everybody, but I'm absent most of the time. But it's, it's been a joy, really, these last Sunday mornings, Sunday nights, Wednesdays, uh, to be rubbing shoulders with you and understanding who you are, what God has made you, and the amazing joy it is to be together in this mission. And so the challenges that we're facing ahead of us, maybe some of you are like um, me and like a lot of the New Testament passages. We're going into this with some fear and intrepidation, maybe some, um, some challenges ahead. But what God has asked us to do as a church to face these struggles that are ahead of us is not to feel like we're devoid or removed from the problems, but on the contrary, that we want us to be refined by this and make us depend more on the Lord. And I know that's what we've been praying on Sunday nights when we gather together with the gentlemen. We just sit back there. We've been really been refining ourselves to be closer and more dependent on the Lord. And I like what Paul says in Philippians chapter 1, verse 29. You don't have to turn there. That's not our passage for this morning. But um, it says that, For it has been granted to you for the sake of, the, of Christ that you should not only believe in him but also suffer for his sake. And I know that in Togo, um, I do see suffering firsthand. But what I understand, too, in the American church is that there, are, there is some suffering that Christ is asking us to go through for his name's sake. And so Paul leaves us with that challenge in Philippians. But I think for us today, we have signed up in this sanctification process that he's called us to um, from our salvation that uh, we need to be daily maturing in our walk, in our faith, and then put inside the old man and becoming more like Jesus Christ. And so I can see our faith here at Salem being stretched and having to rely totally on the Lord. And it's been really great uh, to give this over to the Lord over the last few months uh, together. But what has been true through this is that we are going down the road of giving of oneself and not getting for oneself. And I've been you know, since that call to Christian service back at Marywood Christian Camp, uh, this is a daily process for me. And as I was preparing to teach this, I really uh, had to look back in my own life, even over the last few months, uh, to see how I've been just looking to get from the Lord. I've been looking to get from others. 
and thinking about how I should be giving of myself. And I think of us today here sitting at Salem, and you guys are a big group, by the way. If you've ever come up here and looked down, it's crazy how big of a group, and we're all spread out. Normally, you should be sitting on the ground in front of me. But um, it's amazing to think if we all give, is that a word in English, Beth? Gave, thank you. We all gave ourselves. English is my second language, by the way, so that's why I asked Aunt Beth if, if it's a real word. Um, if we all gave our, of ourselves, imagine the impact we could have in this world today. And so I, I'm encouraging us at Salem here to give of ourselves instead of looking to get for our own selves. But our passage this morning where you can turn to is in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. Uh, we're going to go there in a few minutes, but in this passage, uh, Paul is given really a follow-up letter. His second letter to Thessalonians uh, is, is, is a follow-up letter to 1 Thessalonians, but it's a follow-up letter that he's given to us from his first book, and he only wrote it maybe three, four months after 1 Thessalonians. But it's, he says in 1 Thessalonians that he has a prayer for, his, for that church of Thessalonians. And so that prayer is answered for him in 2 Thessalonians. And so I'm just going to look at a couple verses out of the first book of Thessalonians before we turn to our passage. But in 1 Thessalonians 2.11, he says, For you know how, like a father with his children, we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God, who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. So he's exhorting the Thessalonians. In chapter 3, verse 11, he says, Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you, and may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all, as we do for you, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all the saints. So this is Paul's first there's a lot of other verses, by the way, that Paul's praying in First Thessalonians, but these just excerpts of what Paul is really challenged because the Thessalonians are going through some very difficult times, but yet they're standing up to the, to the chance. They're standing up to the trial. Uh, they're stepping out in faith, and Kivit, I'm glad you didn't take that step out of the boat because I'm sure you would have sunk. Sorry, bud. Unless Jesus was standing right in front of you there. So. But stepping out in faith uh, and trusting the Lord, taking that chance. And the Thessalonians had done that, and Paul was so encouraged. Um, he had invested in them a little bit, and he was so encouraged by that because it meant that their faith was genuine. It meant that their faith was real. It belonged to them. They had taken it as their first-generation faith people. And Paul knew in, this, in these passages that without an increase in love and the pursuit of holiness, that the gospel would not be able to go forth as it should from the Thessalonian church. And really, this Paul's prayer for the Thessalonian church is kind of the same prayer that I'm praying, and I think that all of you are praying for Salem too, that, that we would be bold, that we would have relentless love and a pursuit of holiness, to be pure in heart, mind, and soul, and that we'd be able to go forth. And that's why I think in so many of you how uh, you've brought me up in my own faith, um, I think of Sunday school class, and I was so glad to see Mr. Cox this morning. Where are you? Are you sitting in here today? Yeah, the Sunday school class over there. You know, our Sunday school class, that, those moments that we had together when I was back on furlough from France, just, you know, these people that are sitting beside you uh, that have brought us up, encouraged us up in the faith. It's such a blessing to be a family together here this morning. But our desire for Salem is because of our love for the Lord. 
And that's my heartbeat for Salem is because I love the Lord dearly and I love uh, this church. And it's just like Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 2.8, so being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, and we can boldly proclaim the gospel of God, but also our own selves. Other versions say lives, our own lives or our own soul because you had become very dear to us. And so a question could be asked, what do we want for ourselves at Salem? What do we want for our community around us? And it is huge. There's a lot of people directly around Salem here. What do we want for the world? You need to come to Togo and help me. But uh, what do we want for the world that is lost? There's such an abundance of harvest out there, and we need more harvesters. What do we want for our future generations to see? And it was interesting, in, in Sunday school this morning, we mentioned that. And then also this morning, we're thinking about that legacy that we want to leave behind. Paul's got a great prayer in here, and he's really showing us uh, these three things that, uh, that uh, we would like to see out of Paul's prayer. And that's where we're going to spend our time this morning, out of First Thessalonians, or 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 11. Just so happened it's 111 in that verse. Not a number freak or anything, but, um, but we see three things out of this passage. We're going to read it in a second, but it's a real challenge for us this morning that we want to be seen, and I want you to be seen as worthy of our calling. I want us to be seen as having ministries that are powered by God, and I want the spotlight to remain on Jesus. So you got my three points, and then we can go eat the fried chicken right there. Uh, but these, this is the real challenge from God this morning out of Second Thessalonians. And so let's read the passage together. We'll, go, we'll start at verse 3, and we're going to read through verse 5 just to give us some context, and then we'll go to verse 11 and 12. So let's read together. We ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers, as is right, because your faith has grown abundantly, and the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. Therefore, we ourselves boast about you in the churches of God for your steadfastness and faith in all your persecutions and in the afflictions that you are enduring. This is evidence of the righteous judgment of God that you may be considered worthy of the kingdom of God, for which you are also suffering. And then he goes on to explain how those that are um, persecuting the Thessalonian church are going to be judged by God. So not to worry about that, to have confidence to move forward. Then we're going to skip over to verse 11 where he says, To this end we always pray for you, that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him, according to the grace of our God and Lord Jesus Christ. So like we see, this is really a continued prayer that Paul had for the Thessalonian church. It wasn't uh, something that he hadn't seen evidenced in the Thessalonians. It was something that he had seen evidently in their lives, and they were facing persecution for that. But the Thessalonians needed to be found worthy of their calling. And this morning... I want us to be found worthy of our calling. Sometimes it's hard to understand what a church is called to, what we are called to each as individuals. But we need to be found worthy of our calling. He doesn't just say, I'm just praying for you. No, he's saying, I'm praying for you that you may be found worthy of your calling. And so what is our prayer today is that we constantly be in prayer that God would find us worthy of our calling, that we would leave 
behind in our own lives a legacy to be remembered or something to be remembered. But this morning, God, I think, has three different calls, and I never want to miss the chance to first ask for a call from the gospel, call of salvation. Um, there might be somebody in the, in the crowd here uh, that has never heard about Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and he's calling you. The Bible tells us clearly uh, that he's calling us to forgiveness through Jesus. So that's the first call, the call of salvation. Then the second call is the call of surrender. Jesus said we must deny ourselves, take up the cross, and follow him. That means we must die to our own desires and allow him to be our life. Sometimes dying to our own desires makes us uncomfortable. And I can think of uh, many times this last year where this has been a real challenge for me to give up of my own self to follow Christ and to be challenged by the fact that I must deny myself. And then the third call is a call of service. Um, I think this is obvious, but if God calls us to service uh, for him, is because he, if he saved us, he, wouldn't have, he would have just removed us from this earth uh, if he didn't call us to serve him. But serving him also brings gratitude to him. It says thank you for what Christ did on the cross. And so this morning, there's these three calls that we're, we're asked to be worthy of his calling for. He doesn't call us once, but he constantly calls us to him. I'm not saying this morning that our salvation is dependent upon our work, what we do for the Lord. But what we do for the Lord makes him worthy of what he did for us. And we're saying, praise God, when we're serving him with our own lives. And so we need to be worthy of our own calling. If we do that, we will be counted worthy if we give our own self, if we make it our own priority. And this morning at Salem, I encourage us to be prioritizing the Lord, make him uh, the first and foremost thought, as we said, with all our heart, mind, and soul. We each know in our hearts that if we're measuring up to others around us, uh, we're going to be criticizing ourselves. But if we try to measure up uh, to God's standards, uh, that's when we know uh, we can be counted worthy. We know when we are not worthy of his calling throughout a day, too. Um, I was thinking about this this week a lot in my own life. Um, at the end of the day, I kind of give myself a, uh, a rundown of how the day went. Do you do that, too? Is that just me weird uh, doing that? No, wait. Yeah, I see some head shaking. Thank you. I'm not so weird then. Uh, no, at the end of the day, I'm thinking, God, today was I worthy of your calling, basically is what I'm saying to myself. It was, was I worthy to be called your son? Was I worthy of the salvation you gave upon me? Was I worthy of the grace that you showed me today? Did I speak to somebody else about the gospel? Did I live a life that exemplifies Jesus? And so we ask ourselves that question throughout the day, but it really hurts when we don't find ourselves being worthy of his calling. Not only does it hurt us, but it hurts the ones around us too. And I'll be honest with you, this past year, too, has been a, a struggle for me um, through this. I've, I've battled with this from the mission field to here uh, to be found worthy of his calling. I think a lot of it stems from that idea of 
um, what our relationship with our parents are. It's, we're, we want to make our parents proud, right? And that's why the one who's looking on the camera or my granddad in the back, um, you know, it's, it's we want to do something well in our life because we want to represent our name well. And uh, it's important for that. And now that we're called sons of God and we're heirs to the kingdom of God, we want to make him proud. We want to be worthy of the calling. And so I do, I do love these verses. And I love Paul's challenge uh, to the to Thessalonian church to be counted or to be made worthy. But Paul talks about it a lot throughout his books. And uh, if you want to really uh, find out more about what this is. You can go read these verses later on, but he says in Ephesians 4, 1, walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. In Philippians 1, let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Colossians 1, 10, walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. 1 Thessalonians 2, 12, walk in a manner worthy of God. 2 Thessalonians 1, 5, that you may be considered worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are also suffering. And then in our passage this morning, may God make you worthy of his calling. So Paul's not kidding around with this. He's really wanting it to be something that's evident in everyday life, in everybody's life, because he knows that the church will only move forward if this is evident in their life. And so first, I want us to be called worthy, to be made worthy Um, for our calling. Second thing, I want us to have a ministry that is powered by God. Uh, In Paul's prayer, you see in the continuation of verse 11, that he may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power. Every resolve for good works that is by the power of God. So that's why I want for us at Salem to be powered by God. Uh, not to be uh, in our own flesh, uh, but to make every resolve for good works to rely on God's power and not ours. Uh, because good things only come from the Lord. We can't be counted worthy if we are serving the Lord only in our own strength. And I think so often we, uh, if, if you're like me again, I saw the head nods back there. I'm going to look right at them. Uh, I think a lot of times we try to do things in our own strength first, right? You guys that are normal like me. You try to do things in your own strength first, and then when you've run out of breath, when you've exhausted all your own personal resources, then you go to God. Are you, are you like me a little bit? Okay, no head nods on that one. So everybody's holy in this, in this room. Perfect. Um, but I think we forget that we have, I mean, we have God's power at our hands. I mean, those songs that I heard this morning made me realize what we have at our fingertips in God. It's amazing the blessings he's given us, the faithfulness he's shown us, the grace that he's given us. We have an amazing power in our hands. And that's why maybe we need to switch that around. We need to try first to exhaust God's power before we try to do things in our own power. That would be a lot better, wouldn't it? Um, but, but that's what I'm seeing this morning. And, and um, in, in our question, the question mark that we have is why don't we do that? It's because we're so selfish and relying upon our own selves. We think we can do it in our own power. So the question could be, maybe this morning, how, how do you see God? What's your God image or what is your identity of God? What do you see him as being in your life? Because God has amazing power at his disposal. 
You guys might not know this, some of you do, but when I first came to, to Piedmont, I came straight from France. My parents were missionaries in France, and I, I spoke English, but honestly, it was, it was just a face. Uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't put two phrases together. I don't even know how I won faith over, because uh, she's English uh, savvy. And so somehow I managed to speak, but when I first came to Piedmont, um, my dad went to Mr. C. At the time, all of you know Mr. Carpenter, right? Mr. C. He said, could Adam work at Salem? Because probably couldn't hold any other job at that point. I don't know. Maybe my English was that bad. But uh, I went to Mr. C. And I worked for, for him for three months. And it was great. Uh, I miss working over here, walking the halls of Salem. But then quickly, uh, I actually got a job at Mercedes-Benz. Yes, that's right. Um, uh, I was just washing the wheels of cars. I wasn't doing anything special there either. But, but what I realized quickly is that, man, these are some nice cars. Like if I had two pennies to rub together, that's what I would get. Um, I didn't have that at that time, but I had a Chevy Lumina. Um, but uh, I worked there for four years, and it paid my whole way through college. Praise God. Um, granted, I didn't have to dip into his inheritance to me to help my way through college, but uh, we, when I was there, I, I saw some amazing cars like I'll never be able to touch again in my life. Um, but there was so much power in some of these vehicles. My favorite one was uh, I saw the McLaren SLR 722. I just showed some pictures. It was mainly for me that I put the pictures up there because uh, none of you like cars out here, I think. Um, but this car right here, like I was a young guy, and when I saw it, you know, it's only 350000 maybe $400,000, um, not francs like we have over there. Uh, it's real money. And, but this thing was so powerful. Listen, I, I sat and I, my GM, the general manager, didn't let me drive it. I don't know why. Um, but I sat and then I just thought, how much power is in this thing? Like, it could take off, and it can go 208 miles per hour. That's fast, by the way. Uh, we, can, we might be able to do that on Business 40 out here later uh, while it's still closed. Um, I heard some noise last night. I think they were drag, drag racing down there. But, um, but that's a powerful car. Then I thought, well, there's definitely some, something more powerful on this earth. And I thought of John, Johnny Kudar. Are you here today? I think I saw you. Maybe he's in, over there. Thanks, Kivit. You know where everybody sits, don't you? <laughs> He, like, he doesn't even look back. He's just like this. <laughs> so I think of, of Johnny, and then I, when I was here, Mr. Goodman used to be here, and he, he flew a lot of planes. But I think of, I read up this week about 747-8. Now, that thing blew my mind. Uh, it can almost carry its a uh, million pounds. Now, I weigh almost, uh, well, not, I'm not there yet. <laughs> I saw a Krispy Kreme, too, for $13 this week, and I think I'll but uh, I'll weigh heavier after I leave. But I think of that plane, I see crazy amount of power in that. To lift up off the ground and weigh almost a million pounds, it's just amazing to carry that much cargo and to weigh itself and to be able to fly up in the air. That's a lot of power, you know? And I was going to do the Tim Allen grunt, you know, from Home Improvement. Um, if my mom and dad were here, it, they would be ashamed. So I, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, that's what I think of, you know, more power, because I love power. And, uh, and that's what I think of when I think of, you know, um, power on this earth. But man alive, what do we have at our fingertips? Yeah, didn't even need to say it. 
We've got the Lord of all creation, King of kings, the creator of the universe uh, that has given us access to him. And so if we let our ministry uh, be powered by the one who created the heavens and the earth, who created you and me, we have amazing power at our hands. And so he wants to fulfill every resolve for good works for you and me by his power. So if you allow him uh, to be your engine, if you allow him to be the one who powers you, you can fulfill every resolution, every resolve for good works in his name. That's amazing to me. And when I go to Togo, that's the only way I can make it over there because of the persecution that we can face and the difficulties that are ahead of us. And I pray that for us here at Salem too, that we would be doing everything in God's power. I love what King David says in 1 Chronicles 29, 11. He says, yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor. Sound a lot like Nate. He reads so well in the worship service, all these verses, but for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, O Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. That pretty much sums it all up right there. King David understood that. I asked myself, do I understand that? Do I know that uh, God's power can live and breathe through me? That I can walk and know that God is my strength? That same God that was with Abraham, was with Moses, was with David, was with the apostles, disciples, is with me today, is with you. Such an encouragement. We're not going in our own strength. But God doesn't give us this power for nothing, right? It's not like we're just going to get to sit on the beach and relax. That's my favorite plant. Actually, I figured out that I like the lakes better than the beach even so, but not to just sit and relax, but no, to use his power for good, for good works. And so when, the, when Jesus speaks these words to the disciples in Acts 1a, he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. He didn't say you will receive power and you will get to chill somewhere. No, you will be my witnesses. Where? in Jerusalem and in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So he gave us power to do something with it. And so for me, it's a, it's a challenge. It's a challenge worth taking uh, because it will make us worthy of our calling. And I read this passage that we're studying in, in the Message Bible. I'm just going to read it to you because it explained it in my simple terms. Uh, pray that our God will make you fit for what he's called you to be. Pray that he'll fill your good ideas and acts of faith with his own energy so that it amounts to something. If it's not filled by God, if it's not powered by God, it won't amount to anything. And that's what I've really enjoyed these last few months together is I've seen us brothers, sisters come together and allow God's power to be evident in our lives and our ministry here at Salem. It's been great to see that. And so that's what we want for Salem. We want those good ideas, those acts of faith, the trust that we have to amount to something for him. 
It has in the past, and we have amazing evidence, like we said, of what God has done in the past here at Salem, and it will be true of the future. And so I'm hoping that, like the plane, I don't know if Johnny flies these 747s, but that we're powered by the greatest power in the world here at Salem, and that's our Lord Jesus Christ, the God of all creation. And so finally, the third part is that I want the spotlight to remain on Jesus. And that is sometimes hard to do. Uh, we like the praise. We like the glory, right, us humans. Uh, it's flattering to us. But what we want to do in, in our lives is to turn the spotlight on the Lord Jesus. So that's what he says at the end of his prayer. He says in verse 12 that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you and him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. That the, Lord, that the name of the Lord Jesus may be glorified in you. And that's an amazing privilege we have. I can't imagine anything better than to represent the Lord Jesus Christ. Right? There's nothing better on this earth. You can, you can represent anybody else. I don't care. Even if it's the president of Togo, the president of the United States. You could represent any kind of company in this world. It doesn't compare to us representing our Lord Jesus Christ. And so that's why Paul's praying this for the Thessalonians, because he knows there's nothing better for them to do than to speak the name of Jesus, to represent him. And so he concluded this prayer by giving a reference to the grace of God and the Lord Jesus. You know, I think that's part of what's evidence and you see that in the book of 1 Corinthians too, that because of the grace that he's shown on us, by us saying thank you, by us saying praise God, by us shining the spotlight on Jesus, it says thanks to his grace, what he did on the cross for us. By us not shining the spotlight on Jesus, it's basically hiding our thanks to him. Grace glorifies the name of Jesus in and through us, and it does shine it on the name of Jesus. And so it really does get to the heart of Paul's prayer because that idea of doxology or glory is that idea of shining or revering somebody. And so the Bible de describes how we are uh, to glorify the name of Jesus. In 2 Corinthians three seventeen through 18, it says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. By being transformed by the Lord Jesus, we are glorifying his name. By you allowing him this morning to work in your heart, by me allowing the Holy Spirit, Jesus, to work in my heart, I am shining the spotlight on Christ. I think today... Um, and I look at you and I can see all these faces of people that I consider uh, to have given their lives over to the Lord their whole life. And I've only lived a young life maybe, but, um, but I really see that in a lot of you out here at Salem, that you've constantly been serving the Lord and you've been constantly turning the spotlight onto the Lord Christ, Jesus Christ. And it's encouragement to me uh, this morning that, may, that I may continue to give glory to the name of Jesus. And it's in everything. It's not just in the Sunday morning spiritual time, but it's also throughout our daily week. 
and uh, working on a journey to Bethlehem uh, with some of these guys. Um, that was two months ago, wasn't it, Alan? That's hard to believe uh, that it was that long ago. It feels like yesterday we were together, you know, freezing to death out there. Um, my African skin. Even this morning, I'm kind of cold. We should have turned that heat up a little bit, but uh, but it, you know, working together with you guys and just the daily work was an amazing privilege because even in that kind of conditions, we're constantly looking at how we can exhort one another. We can encourage each other, how we can glorify the name of Jesus in our daily work, in our daily lives. Uh, that's what Paul was telling us, you know, in, in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And I pray for Salem that we would continually shine the spotlight on him. It wouldn't be for our own selves. It wouldn't be for our own, our own good, but it'd be for the name of Jesus. And that's how we're going to continue. That's how we're going to thrive uh, here at Salem. God has a purpose for your life and for mine. And I pray that we seek that out, that we may be worthy of his calling. And uh, I think we can't do anything better. But I also uh, pray that in our community, we would be also known as those that are making Jesus known, that we make much of Jesus. And I love the passage in in 2 Corinthians 3.18, where it says we are being transformed to his likeness because if I can be more and more like Christ every day, I know uh, that I will be made worthy of his calling. And so as we continue to manifest and show the fruits of the Spirit in our lives, uh, may we be transformed into the image of Christ. So my prayer this morning for us is just like Paul said, uh, that in our daily lives we would be made worthy would be counted worthy of our calling, that we would let the Lord Jesus Christ transform us. May we be Christians that praise the name of the Father, that our good works would count for something because we praise the Lord Jesus. And may we go through all the challenges uh, together, continuing to shine the spotlight on the Lord Jesus. May we be found faithful doing that. Uh, there's nothing better for us to be found faithful doing than the continuing following the Lord. So let's pray together. Father God, this morning, uh, as we go to your word and as we've recounted um, the faithfulness you've shown us, we want to be found faithful as well. Father, we're low, we're humble, we're not able to accomplish much, but in your power, uh, you can do great things. Lord, we don't want to rely on our own selves. We don't want to be... Um, just counted worthy in this world of what people say about us, but we want to be counted worthy in your eyes. Lord, may we be known for just one thing, and that is that we love you, Lord Jesus. So we pray that as we think about uh, what you've called us to be, uh, that we would be counted worthy of our calling. And Lord, help us to give thanks to you in everything. And Lord, help Salem uh, to continue shining a light, to be the sun uh, that influences this whole world for the name of Jesus. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.